Hello, welcome to this week's unique segment. We are talking 10 future world champions. Anthony, this is a it's a bit of a spicy one, this one. I'm sure we are going to cause a bit of controversy. But as our friend Eric Bischoff likes to say, controversy creates cash. So hopefully someone's paying us for this. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> Wish I'd have known that sooner. Yeah, not anymore. Not not in this PC world in which we live. Controversy creates cancel. That's the most controversial wrestling take I can make. Hang on. You know what? Kurt Angle didn't deserve a gold medal. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what what even is that? I'm just it, trying to make some controversy, Carl. You realise really someone's going to cut this, spice it together and show it to Kurt and he's never going to come on the show. I know, right? I love Kurt as well. I know. Okay. Um... You know what, Undertaker? Not that tall, really, is he? <laughs> he wears lifts in his shoes. Anyway, <laughs> my God, what a tangent before we even kicked off the bloody segments. But, yeah, so the purpose of this, we thought it would be a bit of fun to have a look at basically predicting who we believe have the potential to go on to be future world champions in their respective companies or even crossing over, perhaps, into other companies and being a world champ there. We're going to treat this like a bingo card of sorts as well. So as as they become world champion, we're going to, you know, tick them off the old list and see who wins. That's it. We will consistently oh, and constantly refer back to this video whenever we are right. But we will never, ever talk about that time Anthony said that Kurt Angle does deserve to win a gold medal because that's too far, man. It's too far. I mean, I'm no, just no, saying. Yeah, you know. no, 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 you've said enough. Um... <laughs> So let's kick it off then, shall we? Uh, coming in at number 10, perhaps controversial, but we're just going to fly by the seat of our pants and chat through these. We have no script, soft script. We're just going to talk yeah, this, about it. This one I, I, I think is definitely you seeing something that maybe a lot of people won't see yet, so this might cause a little bit of controversy. And I'm not even getting at your ear, Carl, because I, I, I see where you're coming from. I just think a lot of people probably haven't haven't made that decision yet, let's say. Okay. So, number 10. Number 10. We're talking... War Dog himself, the one and only Wardlow. Um, so, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm just seeing something here that other people don't see. I don't know. But this guy has got the it factor. Um, straight away, you can tell, obviously, he's got the look. That's, you know, without question. He's got the size. He's got the look. He's a sexy motherfucker. Um, built like a British house. Like big fellas with ponytails. Big men slappy, you know, slapping meat. Um, he's basically my Drew McIntyre guy right here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, he's obviously got the look and stuff like that. But if you think back, there were times that he's been absolutely fantastic. I will. I think I think I gave this episode of Dynamite a five. You know, five out of five is when Wardlow took on Cody in the steel cage. Yep, it was fantastic. I, I would dare say Wardlow's best match in AEW. Yeah, he was. Um, he'd look like a main event star then, um, and I think unfortunately he hasn't had enough opportunities since then. But every time he has, he's always come across as though he could be up there. So obviously the stuff he's done with Jake Hager, you know, eventually um, I'd like to think him and MJF are gonna have some courts, you know, some kind of um, separation or split up or whatever. Um, and that's what's going to really kind of propel Wardlow as a face um, going up against MJF. Um, don't get me wrong, I think he is 
I mean, I've not seen him play a face, so I don't know this yet. But I would imagine he's going to play a better heel than he does a face. But um, I agree with that. I think the only the only difficulty because I can totally see where you're coming from. He's got all the all the attributes, all the tools, if you will, to be a future world champion. The only difficulty I think is, uh, and this may be a bit of an unusual take, and I'm sure people are going to give me plenty of examples of why I'm wrong. Um, but I think men of his size and silence are usually quite difficult to book. There okay. are many exceptions to that. But if you look at him in a comparative to like a Braun Strowman, for instance, you know, when you're bigger than most, it's quite difficult to book anything other than that David and Goliath shite when you are the champion. So we might reach that, that point of being the champion, but I think they may struggle um, with bookings, like for who his opponents could be, is all I'd say. Mm. Um, it's an interesting one, really. Because AEW's roster, obviously, you look at the likes of Cornette and stuff, who's like all petite wrestling, whatever. But the top guys don't tend to be the biggest. And especially, you know, even now, like the, the additions of CM Punk and uh, Brian Danielson and stuff like that, they're not huge guys. Someone like Wardlow could really be that monster, you know, heel or that kind of monster beast character of the likes of a Brock Lesnar or a Batista or something. It doesn't, doesn't yeah. even have to be like. You know Braun Strowman, Big Show kind of levels. You know, but even if we were yeah. talking about that, Taker and Kane had a pretty all right go at it. So, well, um, I knew, I knew you. Some, I, I figured someone would throw that. Me, I didn't think it'd be you. But yeah, Undertaker is the very epitome of what I've just said. It's difficult yeah. to book the big silent guys. That is Undertaker to a T, and he, he's a, a very big exception to that rule for me because they, he he can always have the belt. Fuck it, mm. he's awesome. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I, don't I, know, think, I just look at certain certain big characters, especially in recent years, have been very difficult to book because they always gravitate to that David and Goliath thing. Like, oh, he's totally outmatched. Look at the size of this guy compared to this guy. How is he going to do it? And then eventually he does, and then the crowd cheers. It's paint by numbers, really, sadly. Yeah. For me, I think Wardlow just needs that breakout moment. I think it's going to be when him and MJF go their separate ways. I think he's going to... That's when we're going to find out for sure what he's made of as a single star. Because at the minute, him being like the, the henchman to MJF is a bit safe for him. But obviously, whenever he has had the opportunity to be in these kind of high-profile matches and feuds and stuff, I feel like he has shown he's got the chops, potentially. But in terms of his promo work and things like that, that's when it's going to be, okay, has he got the charisma level to be able to do this? But I genuinely think he has. Um so he's a bit of an outlier. That's why he's number ten on this list. But I think, yeah, you know, in, in yeah, fuck it. I'm I'm saying it. He definitely could be a world champion um, for AEW. So mm. um, he's obviously relatively young as well for the business. He's got a lot to learn. And he's already got, you know, the look, the size, the you know notoriety in the business. So I think with a little bit of um, character development, a little bit of promo development, he's potentially going to be someone who could have the total package. And who who better to to teach him than MJF? To be fair, so well exactly. He's, he's got the right mentor there, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's almost it's almost similar to like uh, the time the Miz mentored Daniel Bryan to be what he is today. <laughs> you know, it's it's that kind of like caliber of mentor, and I just it's lovely to see. It really is. <laughs> you take it all back. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm trying yeah. to make controversy. I know. Um, stop it. Um, so yeah, I thought I wanted to say controversy creates cancelled. That's what that's what I said. That that needs to be our new oh. t-shirt. <laughs> uh, well, my next one, Carl. I I actually would probably put higher up in the list. 
but I can't seem to win uh, with you and Darby Allen with each other. I just can't seem to win anymore. So whatever. Um, but my one, Carl. Number nine is uh, Damien Priest. Mm-hmm. And this is largely due to his main roster run. I wasn't massively big on him in NXT, as um, I would have to admit, because it's been recorded for the last year of me moaning about him. Um, but his run on the main roster has really shown me that he has what it takes. And um, I I don't know. I can see something in him now. And I don't know. Like It's, it's clearly a booking thing, obviously, because I think they were a little bit guideless when he had the North American title and was just in a jacuzzi all the time. Um, I don't know. I think he's been booked a lot better now. And it, 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 probably because it's less gimmicky in a lot of ways. But I can definitely see there being a point when he could be in the main title scene, especially with WWE, uh, who really need sort of more star power in... Well, they need more star power in the mid-card, to be honest. So it'd be, it'd be a shame to see him leave the mid-card. Um, but at the same time, it, it's definitely the, the direction he's headed. And I dare say, we'll talk about others in this list. I dare say he, he could even be, if we were ranking it, he could even be higher than nine, to be honest with you. But he definitely deserves to be in the conversation right now. So the thing that is is putting him at a nine for me, personally, um, I don't think he's got out of the, the shadow of Bad Bunny. Um I think as much as that potentially helped him to get him, you know, um, over with some of the kind of Puerto Rican stars and, and uh, or, or fans, um, mm. he's not really. He's kind of plateaued since then. I feel like, you know, he's he's not really done a whole hell of a lot, into, especially I, in terms of his kind of his character work and stuff as well. I think he's kind of a victim of booking there. Like we mentioned this the other day when watching Crown Jewel. They just didn't book the mid-card at all. They didn't fucking bother. Um, so when no one's interested in booking any sort of story, it's hard to get your character over. So I think some of it is down to that, to be honest with you. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I just think the, the bit that's missing from me is to understand who Damien Priest is. It's kind of a similar problem that we've had with Big... <laughs> <laughs> who are you? Um, What's but... your motivation? <laughs> but, like, to be fair, like, it's a similar problem with Big E, is that Big E doesn't know who he is, and that's why I don't like him, because... He's just, he's just playing this guy who used to be in the New Day and he's got no personality other than a guy who pulls funny faces and makes loud noises. That's all he is, right? So for me, Damien Priest is still that guy who sat in a hot tub one time and was with Bad Bunny. So I need to see who he is. You know, the, forget this archer of infamy and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, bear, you know, fucking bear cat and shit at the minute. We need to understand. Yeah, a name doesn't make a gimmick. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like, it's cool that he's got a nickname, it's cool he's got a strap line, it's cool he's got some little, you know, dark thing and he shoots arrows, but who is he? What is going to actually make him a main event star? So I absolutely believe he can do it, if he's done right. I firmly believe he could be a future world champion, but I just need to see how he's going to get there, because I'm not sure whether in his current incarnation that is going to be the case. Um, So we need to move away a little bit from just the guy... He's got leather pants and is a bit edgy and likes fire. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the leather pants fire guy. Yeah, I get you. Leather pants fire guy. But, uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> Which, nine, you know, takes us to number eight, who's clearly not just a moody uh, leather pants wearing guy. Um, no, in... I, 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 I totally agree with your number eight, Carl, and I think he could definitely be a future Cruiserweight champion. Yeah. <laughs> now, bear in mind, we never said it was uh, necessarily... Heavyweight champion as such, but at the end of the day, world champion. So I Darby, think he has the makings of a tag team champion, definitely. 
you're a terrible person. So Derby has already proven to be a successful TNT uh, title holder. Um, whether you like him, I know or he not. held the belt for a week or two, but uh, successful, you say? Quite a few. Um, but <laughs> you know whether you like him or not. You know he, and I mean he is a polarizing figure. Look at our look at our TikTok, right? That we we posted the the kind of um, face change video of Derby, that was probably our most controversial comment section of anything yeah, we've ever I mean, posted ever. People either fucking love the guy or despise the guy. Or I've heard some sort of rumour on the internet that has you know, no real evidence, but fuck it, we'll, we'll latch onto that and go for it. Yeah. Like that's uh, you know, the internet. There's a lot of personal character assassination going on of stuff, which I don't know if it's been proven or if anyone can actually you know, know it's gospel or what, but... Essentially, you've got a guy here, and I think CM Punk even said it in one of his interviews of, this is the guy who, when he was growing up watching wrestling, he would have wanted to be, or he would have cheered for, or rooted for. He's an alternative in a... The, the moody face paint guy. In a world in a world of wrestlers that... In a world were, crippled by fear. <laughs> oh, it's a good job we're not in the same room today. I had proper chin you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Basically, what the point I'm trying to make is, in a world today where everybody's a fucking brom breaker or this, you know, vanilla cut fucking, you know, carbon copy of a guy who's got big muscles and, you know, whatever. Derby, like, who else in the wrestling world today would you look at and go, oh yeah, he's just like Derby? Not many, to be fair, you know, in any way, um, shape, or form. Hang on, so, I'm sure I can come up. Dan Housen. Why? Because he's got face paint. From a character standpoint, they're not. They're little guy with face paint. Related. Um, or Rey Mysterio, little guy with a mask. Yeah. Um, you're I a terrible get person. To I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, bear in mind, I will remind you of this consistently. We are set to meet Darby Allen very soon. So I am going to just pull up this video and I'm just going to play it to him. No, you can't do that. I will. Right in front of his face. And you know what he's going to say? You can't break me mentally. And you'll be like, eh. Um, but no. <laughs> Welcome to Liverpool, bitch. <laughs> I kid, I kid. You know, there's no denying he's got a little bit of work to do on his promo skills and stuff. I think, you know, I like to rip him for that line. I think it was a terrible line to say, you can't break me mentally. He should have just punched MJF in the face. So, but that's no, stuff no, which can... use our words, Carl. <laughs> that's stuff which can be overcome, um, I think. But, you yeah. know, the guy... The guy is something different. You know, you have never been a big fan of the likes of Jeff Hardy and people like that, but people fucking love him. People want him to be a world champion. Like, it's no, going to be I, similar I, with Derby. I'll be yeah. honest, I, I'm, I'm almost overreacting just to amuse myself because um, I know you're a fan and I'm trying to be a dick. right? But the bottom line is, it is very much just that. Like, the Jeff Hardy and Derby Allen types, as Punk very much put, like, when he was a kid and he was a fan, these are the people he'd have loved. They've never really been my cup of tea. That's not necessarily that they're bad. They're just not my my like. Bear in mind, my favorite wrestler was the Undertaker, who was very much the like. He's the phenom. He's like six foot odd. He's just this mythical monster type guy. Oh, so uh, you just you just hide us then because you know yeah, basically yeah like all, the little guy. All the, all, <laughs> um, all the Undertaker did was uh, he wore dark clothes and thought he was edgy and moody too. And did you the know, face paint though, did he? He wore a mask. He did actually. Like, he did early on. He used to have his little bit of face paint, didn't he? Oh, um, yeah, Eyeshadow, yeah. which we all do. I mean, yeah, it's kind of face paint, I suppose. Anyway, yeah. my point is, like, it is very much just like a, 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 a taste thing, isn't it? It's not really my cup of tea, but I totally get where you're coming from. Like, joking aside, and me trying to wind you up aside, I totally get where you're coming from. Derby has definitely got that that sort of style and charisma 
of the likes of Jeff Hardy and that sort of character. You're totally right. Yeah, I think I think you know for whatever reason people just absolutely gravitate towards the guy. So he's already starting to get to that upper echelon of like, okay, he's a he's a, a bona fide star. So could he be somebody who goes on to win the world title? I can absolutely see it in you know a couple of years time. I genuinely think that he will. Right. Um, Me not trying to be a dick here. This is a genuine question, right? Mm. Do you think his gimmick needs to change to reach that level, or do you think he can? become world champion with the skateboardy emo gimmick. Um, do you know the way people always talk like Jungle Boy, he won't be Jungle Boy forever. Do you think that's an inevitability with Derby? Like he don't necessarily lose the face paint, but the gimmick has to change for him to reach that point. I don't think so. I think he's going to be world champion with that gimmick. I think he just needs to work on his promo a little nice. bit more. Um, okay. I can't see another gimmick for Derby, really, like it's it's almost the game. And I think, to be honest, I was thinking more of a, a refinement of what he is now, where he doesn't necessarily have to come out on the skateboard all the time. He doesn't I mean, necessarily to be fair have to, to wear him. The short shorts, you know that yeah. kind of thing. I mean, he hasn't really come out on the skateboard in quite a while. To be fair, since kind of pre-COVID era, like sometimes he carries it with him, um, but he doesn't really skate to the ring anymore, which I miss. I thought it was quite cool. It was different. Um, it is different. Yeah. But yeah, he doesn't really do that anymore anyway. But yeah, you know, I'm not a massive fan of the little jean shorts and all that. But yeah, whatevs. But no, I was just curious because a lot of people like, again, when we've had the Jungle Boy conversation in the past, and I think it was actually JR who famously said, like, he always makes a point of calling him Jack Perry because he won't always be Jungle Boy. And that kind of sits with me that, that it's like, I can see his points that he's going to probably ascend that gimmick at some point. Um, so I was just curious whether you saw a similar thing with Derby. Jungle man. Um, <laughs> he came in yeah. the jungle boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think he'll stay in the same gimmick. But yeah, I definitely think that he can um, go on to achieve it if he just kind of works on his promo a little bit more. Cool. Okay, so my next one, Carl. Um, unfortunately, harder to see at the minute, right? Because of the way he's being booked at the minute. But I'm still sticking with it. And that is Keith Bearcatley. Like, I remember when he rocked up at the Royal Rumble and I was like, this guy's awesome. He's got something. He was going to like, they had that back and forth with him and Brock. And I was like, I'm all for that as a feud. And we are so far away from that as a feud. It's uh, almost ridiculous that it was ever theorized. Like they just haven't known what to do with him on the main roster at all. But you can't deny he was awesome in NXT. And the fact that he was the top champ in NXT, even if it was only for a few weeks, like that to me says he he definitely has the chops to be a world champion. Mm-hmm. Um, they just need to. I think they they don't even need to go. Well, what do we need to do? They don't. They just need to go back to the limitless one. They need to go back to what he was in NXT on the main roster. That's all they need to do. Yeah, and this it's guy an, could be world champion. It's an unfortunate thing, and it's an unfortunate timing. I think to you know for him to be saddled with this bearcat thing. You know, I personally can't see it working. But I think to your point, if they manage to. Whether it's the limitless one or you know basking his glory, whatever the, the hell you know, it's similar to like Damien Priest. Like it's cool having catchphrases and all that good stuff, but essentially he's an athletic big man who has massive amount of strength and has got something. He's got a little bit of an it factor to him. So yeah. if they can just get out of their own way and stop ruining him, then he could legitimately go on to be I mean, a main. When star. was the last time they had an athletic big guy? Yeah. It was like, let's face it, Keith. Uh, Keith's kind of like a like a Bam Bam Bigelow in terms of like his move set doesn't really match his size, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, that's it's not often you get that kind of guy, is it? 
that's the thing that's that's pissing me off the most about WWE at the minute is even more so than the name change is they've got him to be Keith Bearcat Lee and come out and just be like this generic you know big move kind of squash machine and that yeah, and it's like we've seen plenty of that the you've guy, actually the guy got a guy because he was unreal with yeah, what he could do for his you've set. got a guy who's super talented super athletic and can do a load of cool shit and you're just making him just another generic heel kind of monster guy and it's just like well <laughs> It just feels so short-sighted, but I'd like to think that they are going to, you know, do something to, to get out of their own way and basically help him realise the potential that he's got because, you know, more so than Big E, in my opinion, this guy could be a world champion. Yeah, I agree. I actually agree with that sentiment as well, more so than Big E, in all fairness. No yeah. offence to Big E. Again, as a guy, awesome guy, totally deserves it, but from a character standpoint... Yeah, Key 3, definitely much better suited. Yeah, even in like the few little um, bright moments we got kind of in the COVID era where he basically um, was in like the main event, you know, he was in the yeah, main event mix, wasn't he? Out strong. I know it got a little bit weak because they kept repeating themselves and some of the banter between the two of them was a bit stale and a bit weird. Um, they, they really actually worked well together in all fairness. Yeah, so I think that gave us glimpses into what could be, so who knows? I definitely think he's capable. Who knows? Um, so let's talk about Jungle Boy Jack Perry, shall we? So number six um, is Jungle Boy himself, um, and it was an interesting point you made because I was going to discuss this as whether or not he will be the Jungle Boy character when this happens. But Jungle Boy is over, man. Like he is over. You oh, look at... way more over than I expected. But like looking at, I think it was where you were going to go. Sorry, but looking at like the reaction we get to some of the Jungle Boy stuff we put up. Yeah. Like my God, people love him. Yeah, like people love absolutely love the guy. And I think as well, what you can see is his kind of, even like his, like, a, like a body transformation almost in the two years of being with AEW. Like he, he started off really kind of slim and slender and almost like a Darby Allen kind of frame. And if you look at him now, he's really packed on a lot of muscle. Um, but obviously he's still got that kind of moveset. That, I think he's uh, trying to impress Anna Jay. Like. Well, I mean, you know. Wouldn't you? Uh, um, kid, of course. But, you know, to be fair, I think he's already starting to kind of put in that work to kind of transition himself up into, you know, someone who could be seen as like a main event star or whatever because he doesn't have the type of gimmick of like a Derby or something where it's irrelevant. Like, I'm not making a comparison between Rey Mysterio and Derby, but Rey Mysterio didn't need to be, you know, a big guy to be seen as a world champion. Derby's the kind of same. Whereas I think Jungle Boy, to your point, he won't be Jungle Boy forever. So who does he become? You know, who is Jack Perry? How does it all kind of transpire? So I think he's realising that and starting to kind of make himself look more legit and believable as being able to stand alone as that single star. Yeah. The only bit that worries me about Jungle Boy, and this isn't like, I'm not trying to be too unfair to him because he's got so much time to grow. Um, I don't know what he is like as a talker because he doesn't do that. Really, not too much. Um, and from what I've seen so far, I'm not like that's probably his main sort of weakness, as far as I'm concerned. And there's plenty of time to 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 sort of get to that point. But um, it's the only bit that concerns me from the the world champ point of view. Can you imagine him going like, let's say toe to toe with the likes of MJF, for instance, in a feud, and MJF has to do most of the talking because he doesn't. You know what I mean? It just it, it feels imbalanced with certain yeah. things. I think, interestingly, I think he's he's a better talker than Derby at this point. He's had a little bit of experience of 
you know, some of the foods he's been in, he's been allowed to kind of get a bit of mic time in and, and so on and so forth. But I mean, obviously his dad, his dad was a fantastic actor. So I imagine he can definitely, he's got the chops to learn and um, the capability mm. to be able to do some, some good, uh, you know, promos yeah, and I like it. stuff. In in front his blood. Of. Yeah. It's in his blood. Damn it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think, um, you can tell everybody in the company, everyone associated with it, views him as a star. I think to your point of, you know, JR referring to him as Jungle Boy Jack Perry and stuff like that, they know what, you know, what is potentially set to come. He's one of the four pillars of AEW that have been highlighted. Um, and he's definitely one of the ones who I think, you know, could make that transition in the future. Totally agree. Why have I been saddled with this next one, Carl? <laughs> No, I, I joke. Saddled is probably not fair. I think this is just a very early shout, to be honest with you. And this is um, Austin Theory. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel bad for him because we had that whole sort of main roster run kind of and then relegated back to NXT and then didn't really do much there and now been brought back. And he's got, he's another one who he's sort of got all the potential in the world. You know, he fits the bill, he's got the look. Um, we're even seeing glimpses of having that sort of almost champion level heel attitude the, the way he was with Jeff and stuff but it's a very early shout for me because we've not seen a great deal from him as far as I'm concerned but I can totally get why he, he is in the conversation because he there's no reason he can't be do you know what I mean yeah. he seems to echo all the all the potential in the world um, and I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see where he goes on the main roster now. He's obviously going straight into a feud with Jeff, which is awesome. Um, Jeff's a legend, so just you know that's going to do nothing but wonders for him anyway. But uh, yeah, it's just a, for me maybe a little bit of an early shout, but I think it, it's fair. It's a fair one. Yeah, this is a classic example of me going bold with my um, predictions. Um, you know, obviously I said the same about Dexter Loomis. Look how that turned out, but I haven't given up hope on him yet. Um, but I legit think, especially if you're looking at WWE from this this new lens of we want them to be kind of somewhat homegrown talent where, you know, they're young, they've got, you know, the look, they've got the size, all that good stuff. He literally ticks every single box. I think, I you know, I'm not a massive fan of NXT. I'm not going to lie. I think anyone who watches or listens to this show knows that. Um, but what I saw of him in NXT showed he actually had a lot of charisma as well. So I think this can legitimately translate over really well so obviously he's entered you know into a program with jeff and i know that to your point it didn't work out very well the first time but if they get this right and if they are coming at this with like a you know we need to blood some of the younger stars he's definitely got all the the everything that vince mcmahon would want basically in somebody so if they can get it right um i absolutely can see this and i absolutely can see him being you know, a multi-time champion. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, sure, if you say so. No, um, I, just, I couldn't add anything to that. That wouldn't just be repetition. I think you've hit the nail perfectly on the head, David. Okay, okay. Um, number four, now this one is an interesting one. So we're going with Miro. Um, and I think Miro is going to be able to achieve in AW what he didn't achieve in WWE, which is that coveted world championship um he's definitely you know he's definitely capable of it we, we, we saw it in wwe we saw him get over the likes of rusev day and stuff like that um he was massively over in his time there they just did pull the trigger on him i think to your point he came in 
he was kind of the best man, all that good stuff, and people were like, oh God, what have they done? But this whole Redeemer gimmick and stuff like that, he's recently just had the TNT title. Um, I think we've been saying for a while he probably needs to be moving much more towards the upper end of the card, and I think that is going to happen. So yeah. um, I absolutely well, see it, like- him as a world champ. As far as going forward, contenders, I mean, there's just, it's such a rich area for contenders for the world title in AEW at the minute. Um, but if you look at possible contenders for Adam Page, who is inevitably going to be the champion, fuck Omega, um, he's uh, he's going to, that would be a banger of a match. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that feud happen. Yeah. So um, like, I'm not saying Miro has to win it, but he's definitely, like you say, he deserves to be in the conversation. And he, I wouldn't be upset if he won the title. Like I think it it's probably something that'll have to happen a bit more down the line because like if you jump straight into a Miro feud with Adam Page, people wouldn't be happy that Adam Page lost so quickly. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't really have him winning. But um I could definitely see him at some point in his career uh with AEW being the world champ, definitely. Yeah, I mean he's got he's got everything that, that they need, really. Um if he can really hone this kind of redeemer gimmick that he's got in place today, he could be a fantastic heel champion. Where you know you've got the likes of um, you know a Jungle Boy or a Darby or somebody kind of chasing him for that belt, like he's the kind of monster heel. Um, yeah. So I can definitely see that happening within the next kind of year or two, really, um, of him being able to get to that main event scene and eventually being able to pick up a victory. I agree. Going from Miro to hero. <laughs> uh, right, Carl. So, 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 so. This um, again might even be quite surprising, but my next one is actually Riddle. He no longer has a first name. We don't do the first name anymore. Bro. And this might be another one where do we have to change the gimmick a little bit? Does he have to take himself more seriously? Um, to be in that sort of title picture, I don't know. But what I do know is he has got way more over than I ever expected him to get on the main roster. And I think that's largely down to the fact that there is some real talent there. Mm-hmm. Like, And he doesn't take himself too seriously, but he's like, he's all for like having matches with the likes of Goldberg and that. He knows what he's doing in the ring. He's, you know, he's got the look. People really love the whole bro gimmick, so that does actually work, you know. But... Um, I don't know how you feel about the gimmick itself. I feel like that's probably where maybe a slight refinement of like he takes himself a bit more seriously to be in the title picture because I think people tend to put that respect on the world title that if he's if he's going to like go for it and not take it seriously, I don't think people would really take to that very well. But no. um, you know, he's, he he himself has definitely got the chops to be in that that title scene. Yeah, a million percent. At the end of the day, he is a legit former you know MMA fighter. So. Um, you know, he's got the chops to be the bloody the top dog in the business. I think, to your point, he probably would need a slight gimmick refinement. No one would agree. They'll probably just do some kind of silly thing where, you know, he just doesn't have grass anymore or something. And then the next minute he just comes out next the next week and he's just a fucking bona fide, like, badass or something. Um, yeah. So Straight edge. <laughs> so I could definitely see... I mean, at the end of the day... To be fair, it worked for Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam was the WWE champion at the same time, where he was kind of like a, you know, he's a bit of a, you know, we're not going to say he's a stoner, but he's a stoner. So I don't know whether they'll still have some aspect of that, but I don't think he'll be like the 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 kid from Home Alone like he is today. I think that's what it is. I don't think it's necessarily the stoner element. I think it's the it, people need to 
he need, they need to get across that he's taking it seriously. I think is the thing. Like if he, he like it's different with the tag scene. You can't just sort of happen into the world title scene, can you? And be like, oh, I want it cool. Like he needs to want it. He needs to like take it seriously and, and go for that title. And I think it needs to. It's more respect for the title than anything. And I think that's the bit they need to do. He can still be a. He can still be that stoner character. I just think they need to refine it a little bit for for that scene, really. Do you want my hot take, Anthony? Go on then. I think Riddle will be a WWE champion by the WrestleMania after next. A bold selection, okay. I genuinely think the is stuff... Is that WrestleMania that... Hollywood? Yeah. Or is that our next one? So I'm not, I'm not saying he'll be the champion at then. I just mean he'll be, before we get to the following WrestleMania, he will have been a WWE champion. So I believe this tag team he's got at the minute with, with Orton, RK-Bro, is going to be the catalyst to him having this gimmick change. I think eventually this tag team is going to split up like all good tag, te- tag teams do. And um, eventually, you know, Orton's going to get in his head, you know, and he'll be a, a certain voice that he hears in Riddle's head. And that's how he'll turn on the kind of serious, I'm a fucking badass, I'm going to kill you kind of thing. Um, and we'll essentially get the victory over Randy, um, which sets him up as like, okay, you can beat former multi-time world champion Randy Orton and then that's how he gets himself into that kind of main event um, title scene so you've heard it here first by April 2023 Riddle will have been a WWE champion that is a bold statement mark so, my words I think um, <laughs> hang on I did Riddle didn't I it's your turn ah okay next Sorry, one um and this guy, we think he's going to be the champion of full gear. It's obviously Hangman. Uh, definitely this year. Adam like, if Page. he doesn't beat Omega, I'm going to be so pissed. I mean, it's so written in the stars, isn't it, that he has to beat Omega. Like, that's he way. literally has to do it. You know, this has been one of the best long-term booking, you know, things that have, has ever happened, really, in the wrestling business. I think Honestly, everything... if they... If they... If they pull this off the way I want them to, which is inevitably a banger of a match, which results in Adam Page finally getting that victory, that will probably be the the best booking and best story I've seen in wrestling in a very long time. I mean, it's 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 been through Start so such character growth, so many you know peaks and troughs and stuff that we've seen along the way. It's easy it's easy to actually forget the whole story and everything we've been through. Um, obviously, with them as tag team champions and you know the whole stuff with the elite and things before that and like literally everything that that they've been through together um so yeah it just it writes itself i firmly believe he's going to get the victory over kenny at full gear um and will be the aw world heavyweight champion um and he will finally get it after failing a couple of times before um and yeah this is going to be his moment i firmly believe it it's his time um and i think everybody's here for it so you're saying he's really proved that he can hang, man. <laughs> uh, took a Adam Page out of my book with that one. <laughs> That's uh, some real... Nah, I've got nothing. You're chatting absolute cowboy shit. Hey. A loose one, but don't spare me on. Uh... <laughs> oh, you're such a cowboy. Yeah, the, uh, these puns are very limited, Carl. No, stop horsing around. My cowboy hat. <laughs> 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 around. Um, 
yeah, so I think you'll you'll agree. You're in firm agreement with that. Uh, I, yeah, but just, I, I couldn't agree more. I think I've made it very clear throughout this and throughout this entire uh, episode this week. Adam Page is going to be Kenny Omega, and he better fucking be Kenny Omega. Oh, it's, the, so. it's the right decision, the right results. We just need to see it happen now on the screen. And <sighs> you know, like the recent promo we gave as well about it, you know fucking cowboy shit and stuff like that. It was fucking fantastic. The best promo he's ever done. So he's already proven that he can be. You know, right there in the main fucking main event scene and carry carry the show. So, yeah, it's mad. Like you say, when you think back to like how long this has been going, and like I think it's easy to forget, for, especially for people who've recently tuned into AEW. Like he was part of all this this little click that they had going on with Omega and the Young Bucks and all that, and he's just not been seen with them for that long. Like it'd be easy to forget that, but he was part of all that. The young, he was good mm-hmm. friends with the Young Bucks as well, like. Because I think um, at one point I was expecting a bit of a, a turn, you know, the Young Bucks turning on Omega. I don't know if that'll be the case anymore because mm. they've kind of got their own thing going on with the whole super click scenario. But because um, I mean, you know, Adam Cole coming into the mix wasn't something I factored in, but I was I was really expecting the Young Bucks to turn on Omega as well. But it's uh, interesting. Part of me thinks that still might happen. So not to digress too much from this segment, but I think after Kenny Omega loses, he's going to try and find comfort in the super click and then they're going to basically turn on him as well. And it's going to be Adam Cole and the Adam Young Cole Omega. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like it. All good stuff. Ooh, yeah. But um, but yeah, all in all, like you say, it's happening. That's the, probably going to be very, very soon that Adam, Adam Page one has to happen. Fingers crossed. If it doesn't happen, then I'm quitting. <laughs> um... Which Anthony leads us on to number one. Drum roll, please. Are you going to tell us think, who it is? I'll do a drum roll. Like, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised. And I think this has probably been one of the easiest shouts for us. And honestly, this it's funny because this might even cause controversy because I know some people just don't want to like him. But MJF, he is the very definition of future world champion. When you have this conversation, he's one of the first to come up <laughs> because um, he's young. I believe he's 25. It might have been mentioned once or twice in one of his promos. <laughs> um, and he's just, he's got, like, he's got the skill in the ring. He's got the skill on the mic. He's got the physique. He's got the look. He, everything about him is set to be a world champion. He has no right to be this good at this age. Um, now, and it's the funny thing. And people, like, really wanted to hate him when he was saying about, like, he is better in in basically every way than Roman Reigns. Like, Roman Reigns, you can't deny Roman Reigns is higher profile, but it's hard to argue with MJF on some level. Although he's doing it as a, in his character as an asshole, he is better on the mic and better in the ring. You can't really deny that. Um, but obviously, Roman definitely has a bigger following and is a bigger draw. You can't deny that. It's a very interesting take, really, from MJF. And I know he was just doing it in character, but um, like when you look at it, when you break it down, you go, well, yeah, like he's he's skilled at every part of that. So there's no reason he shouldn't be a world champion. No, um, you know, for me as being a, a proper old school wrestling fan, you know, MJF reminds me so much of like Ric Flair or Roddy Piper or, you know, people from that ilk of just absolute savages on the mic, but also back it up in the ring as well with everything they do. You know, he just absolutely exudes charisma. Um, he's, every time I see him in that ring. I like the Piper show, you know. Yeah. I like that. I, that was- it's so it's so true. Like some of the promos stuff he does is just unbelievable, um, mm-hmm. and it's different. You know, it stands out in today's business, and and that's what Piper did so well. He was he was unique, um, but yeah, I just every time I see him in the ring as well, I forget how good he is. And I think you know he said on whatever interview he did the other the other week as 
people don't realise this about him or it's like a common misconception because he's so good on the mic. People just don't actually realise that he's fucking fantastic in the ring as well. He is technically fantastic. Um, I think that's what's interesting as well. Like he, he almost has like Wardlow unnecessarily, like because he doesn't want to get his hands dirty. It's an interesting heel work because it's like he could go in the ring. He could mm. be. He could like beat most people. He could handle himself. Doesn't technically need a bodyguard, but why? Yeah. Why? Why bother himself? So he has one. Yeah, and it's interesting that I like that. But it's like the funny thing is, so the beauty about it is, he's still a proper chicken shit heel. Like you know, he's he is terrified. You'll see him like shaking in his boots and like no, no, no. But like when he actually ends up having a match with somebody, you know, he he he's fantastic. He beats the shit out of them. So um, yeah, I I still I still can't believe like you look at when AEW started again only a couple of years ago, and he was Cody's mate. His progression in AEW in that time <laughs> has been insane. Yeah, I mean. It hasn't all been, you know, rosy and smooth sailing, has it? You know, some of the stuff like the, the inner circle thing and stuff like that maybe went on a little bit too long and all yeah. that good stuff. But he's definitely, and I, I don't mind it sometimes because at the end of the day, it is a marathon, not a sprint. And we were saying this when we talked about CM Punk and you know Bischoff's comments of like, at the end of the day, Punk hasn't had all the dream matches on the on this first few weeks here, and you know, for the ratings, and it's the same with MJF, like. There's so many people you want to see, like even Derby now. Like I was saying, how have we not seen Punk and Derby, yet? Uh, uh, MJF and Derby yet? Exactly. After two years, and look at the the work they're putting in now, and you're like, you you realize just how much you wanted it, and you're like, how did we not get this sooner? Yeah. Like, and you like, I think people forget very easily. Like they were hinting at like MJF Jericho very very early on. Mm. Like when Jericho first set up the Inner Circle, he had conversations with MJF. Do you remember that whole promo back and forth? Like, yeah. do you want me to join the Inner Circle? <laughs> I like. That that was way before they actually ever even feuded or had a match or anything. Yeah. But they were making a nod to it, and that was something we all wanted and eventually got. But it was definitely, like you say, it was that, that sort of slow burn. But I still got, I, I didn't, I totally overlooked him when he was Cody's mate as well. Hmm. I think I think that's the beauty of it, isn't it? Is um, how, like, how much everybody just hated the guy when he did what he did to Cody. Yeah, and it was just like, oh my god, what a bastard! Like he just, he was such a great heel turn then, and then he just hasn't looked back since. He's just got better and yeah. better and better. I, I still, I, I, I don't know. It's like it is that thing of like I don't know how looking at who he is now. I just don't even know how he managed to like not be noticed until he turned on Cody. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like because I was just like some guy with a scarf who's Cody's mate who hangs around Cody, like, and he kept. Considering who he is now and the personality he is now, he kept quite quiet and quite meek until he turned on Cody, and then yeah. he became the character he is. And you're like, Jesus, that was uh, literally kind of just nowhere, really just a, like someone flipped a switch, wasn't it? It was insane yeah. because he was just <laughs> really in the background. Was. I think everybody looked at him and went, oh, "I don't really like this guy. He's a bit of a dick." But oh, he's Cody's mate. Whatever, we'll overlook it. And then when he did what he did, we were like, "We knew you were a dick. We you're hate you." Dick. And it was, you know, what I mean, he, he just he played it yeah. so well, and. Um, yeah. You know, you can just see how hated he is, even even the last week in um, in Orlando on Dynamite, um, like the the reaction he got from the fans and stuff, and just the stuff he says, the stuff he comes out with, it's just like he's 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 something else, man. He really is. I he's, think um, um, I think a lot of the reason we kind of like him as well as he he has an old school feel to him with his heel work. He really yeah. does, and for such a young lad, like um, he obviously was a wrestling fan from old, mm. uh, because you can see the echoes of like. Um, old school in him but um, 
yeah, I think some of that helps because there's almost it's it's a weird comment to make for someone who's 25, but there's almost like a nostalgia to it. If you know what I mean, like yeah. in the way in the way like you say, I think that Roddy Piper shout is a boss shout because like there's so many sort of comparisons I could make there. Yeah, even even Ric Flair, like like we were saying before, like he can back it up in the ring and like he doesn't probably really need Wardlow, but it was similar to what um you know Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair had going on. Ric Flair yeah. would be like you know the same like no 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 like an absolute coward. But at the same time, he was one of the best wrestlers in the world, and he could go. And I think that's yeah. a comparison I see with MJF as well. It's so similar. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's crazy. So he definitely deserves to be uh, in our top spot for this segment, anyway. That's it, number one as well. Because if it doesn't happen, then something's gone terribly wrong. Like Indeed. absolute fucking star written all over this guy. So yeah, yeah. Gotta be no more uh, Samoa Joe pushing him around. <laughs> oh, how the turntables! Um, so yeah, so that was our unique segment this week. Ten future world champions. As always, we will post it on our social medias. Let us know. Do you agree? Disagree? Did we leave someone off? Have we put someone on who you just like? Why the hell is that guy on there? And or even Anthony had a couple of them um, on the list. So um, <laughs> yeah, let us know. Who did you agree with? Am I crazy? Am I? You know, is Austin Theory never going to be a world champ? You know, is MJF the number one spot? Is someone else more deserving? What about Derby? What do you really think? Is he going to be a world champion? Is he too small? Who knows? Um, but yeah, let us know your thoughts in the comments, either on Instagram or wherever the hell else we end up posting this. But Anthony, another fun-filled week of the ATK Wrestling that Show. That it was. Um, yeah, if you've not checked them out, we uh, spoke about a lot of the stuff going on with Charlotte uh, behind the scenes at the moment, as well as some breaking news about Ring of Honor um, releasing their entire roster um, ahead of some monumental changes for the company in 2022. Um, we also spoke about everything ha- that happened in the uh, previous week in wrestling as well. So if you want to hear our thoughts on that, make sure you check it out. But until then, make sure you drop us a follow on all of the socials. If you're listening to this, make sure you check us out on YouTube when you've got nothing else to watch of an evening. And if you're watching us right now, yes, we are beautiful. But if you've got a commute or something, uh, you know, you can always listen to our lovely baritone sexy voices that we have. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I've heard... You, a to the K. <laughs> you know, I've heard from some people that we make an excellent sleep aid. Whether that means we're boring or, you know what, I don't really know. I think it's just well, that, that soothing, um, soothing tone to our voice. That's it, definitely. Yeah. Send us money. Send us. You are a strong, confident woman. <laughs> Who wants to send us money? Um, but yeah, so thank you once again for tuning in to um, this segment, to our other segments as well. Um, we'll be back next week, potentially a little bit later, but for good reason. We're going to be bringing Very good reasons. a old friend back onto the show, back onto the show. Um, our first returning guest potentially um, so hopefully we will be able to uh, talk about that a little bit more with you next week but until then thank you for tuning in and we will see you next week we will and here's Griff this is Griff Garrison and you're listening to A to the K A to the K A to the K A to the K, A to the K. A to the K.